bang, 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 bang. episode number 201 uh we did it we did it right do we still say we did it every episode now i think we kind of have to it's amazing every time we get one of these done it's like what the fuck are we doing (laughs) Uh, but uh i'm your host matt and i'm ash and i'm kate hey (laughs) okay so 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 we, we we're allowed to say this now but scott scott got called away for fatherly duties and yeah. uh, kate's sitting in for us thank you kate and oh, by fatherly so duties we mean he's actually cleaning up duty is what, what is there's what a is. solid chance there's, like yeah. honestly and it's probably not solid or yeah i was gonna say we're a liquid chance <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you too babies babies have liquid poos it's a thing yeah a little, little watery watery bottoms if you know what we mean they're not eating well you know gosh. steaks <laughs> congratulations to scott you guys are gross <laughs> I know. Congrats, Scott. <laughs> We're happy for you. We are. This episode is brought to you by Loot Crate. Uh, Loot Crate is the monthly subscription box you get in the mail full of nerdy goods. Uh, last month, we've already talked about, but we got the uh, fantasy one with Dungeons and & Dragons and badass. a bunch of other stuff in it. It was badass. But this month, May, uh, which you have a few days by the time this comes out, left to uh, to put it together to go get it. Uh, May's theme is unite. Uh, we're gathering all our friends, painting animal-shaped robots for our favorite with our favorite colors, and prepping for an epic team-up. Why? Well, two heads are better than one. There's strength in numbers, and we had like ten whole notebooks full of awesome unused band names. <laughs> Get set to travel across dimensions, battle evil, capture some flags, and just plain have fun. We've got awesome exclusives from Marvel's Avengers, yay! Power Rangers, all right. Team Fortress Two, cool. Yay. Bravest Warriors, all right. Rick and Morty, which is awesome, and more. Plus, an always loved exclusive licensed t-shirt. So uh, go on over to lootcrate.com slash ratedNA and put in the code ratedNA and you get 10% off uh, your subscription to Loot Crate, which is great. And then you help out the podcast at the same time. Yeah, guys. Thanks uh, so much for signing up. It is yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. So go sign up uh, and get some cool stuff in the mail. You guys ready for the motherfucking rundown? Let's do the rundown. We're going to actually review uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. And I say we go all spoilers in. I believe. Yes, let's do it. Yeah. I say we just talk about the whole thing. Let's do it. I'm down. Scott's usually like the keeper. He's like, oh, you can't. There's spoilers. I'm like, no, let's just spoil it because he's not here. So we're going to talk about Avengers Age of Ultron. Maybe Maybe we'll do this. Let's do this for the people. We'll do like a small review spoiler free and then we'll say hey everybody we're about to do spoilers yeah and then and then we'll spoil the shit out of it we'll be respectful but we're still going to spoil the crap out of avengers age of ultron uh we're also going to review bloodborne and uh i have some great bloodborne stories to tell and kate uh is a bloodborne expert so she's going to tell me everything that i'm doing wrong and make fun of me 
Um, well, as you're much more of an expert than I am, I'll tell you that. Uh, we're actually going to review the new Dragon Age Inquisition uh, DLC that added Isabella and Zither and Skywatcher and Dragons. So that'll be fun. So we'll talk about that. Uh, Hulu is making a missed television show. I have no idea what in the hell that could be. Uh, we'll talk about how Joss Whedon quit Twitter. For uh, there's There's conflicting stories here, but we'll talk about those. And there is perhaps a Mirror's Edge sequel in the works uh, coming out in early 2016. So we'll talk about that, too. And then we had an Aquato this week that was asking you, have you ever quit social media based on the comments of others? And we got a, a lot of very honest and uh, really cool responses from you guys. So thank you for that. So, uh, Matt, what have you been up to? What have I been up to, you ask? Yes, sir. Let me tell you. Uh, I did free comic book day. Did you guys? I did. No. Yeah. You didn't, Kate? <laughs> no. Um, I don't even remember what I was doing that day. Oh, oh, our comic book shop is really far away, so we have to drive. And yeah. our car was in the shop because some lady hit my car, so I couldn't go to free comic book day. That, that sucks. sucks. So some lady prevented you from going to free comic book day. She did. That stupid lady. Very rude. That is rude. I hope that's going okay, though. I hope you're getting your car taken care of. Yeah, yeah, it's all fixed now, and everything was covered by insurance, and uh, it's looking good. Sweet. Yeah. Uh, Well, I went. um, I picked up some of the free comics, read a couple of them that were ludicrous, and I won't bother talking about them because they were annoying. Um, But I picked up a trade, too, from, once again, my favorite writer, Rick Remender. Uh, I talked about him multiple times. He was in one of the early episodes with X-Force, Uncanny X-Force, and... I talked about him a few episodes ago with the, um, oh man, I just blanked on the name, the underwater uh, comic that I told you guys about. Do you remember that, Ash? No? No, I don't Anyways, remember the name of it. You don't remember anything. I, you don't actually listen to me, I know. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> this one's called Black Science, and um, it's Racist. Cool. You want me to leave that in, or you want me to give that time to take it out? <laughs> it's called black science and (laughs) long pause it's um along the same lines it's kind of about a family and a dad trying to get back to his kids in the beginning i haven't finished it i only picked up the first trade and i think there's three out or two out already um but it's really cool it's kind of super super uh like space-ish sci-fi really awesome art and rick remender's writing is always really really kind of spot on so it's a good book picked up that haven't uh gamed a ton as uh you know as we always say i've been working a ton but i have actually been working a whole lot and that will probably continue to be the pattern for the next few weeks but um you know got to see the avengers which we'll talk about later and uh, I think that's about it, really. I'm stoked. This has nothing to do with anything else other than I am absolutely stoked for the new Mad Max movie to come out. I'm oh, yeah. It dying for it. I'm so excited for that, man. Every preview I see, I'm going to make Melissa. We're going to we're gonna marathon all three oh, <laughs> hell yeah. Mad Max movies before we go. So. I made Christina watch Thunderdome a couple years ago. <laughs> Thunderdome is the best one. It's, yeah, so, it's good. so good. Thunderdome's great. Well, it's because oh, Mad Max is kind of slow, the first one, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then Road Warrior is is awesome, and then Thunderdome's just ludicrous. It's just batshit insane. It's crazy, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And oh, Tina Turner. Of... I mean, yeah, come on. <laughs> it's not, it's not wrong. 
uh and speaking of batshit insane i totally forgot about this uh netflix has a new show out i think i tweeted about it but it has a new show out called chef's table have you guys seen this or, no. or seen anything about it i think they fed it to me because i watched so many like food documentaries and stuff but um it's like it's basically along the lines of mind of the chef that pbs show i love but instead of being like a series about a chef who then teaches you like some stuff while he's telling you about how food works it's really just kind of a focused episode about one single chef like each episode's a different chef and they kind of talk about his life story and he talks about like his theories on life and why he cooks and what he thinks food is all about and it is the (laughs) the chef's like top end chefs are the craziest fucking people I've ever oh, heard dude. talk in my They're entire totally life. It's insane. The the things they say and the way they talk about stuff, you're just like, Well, you have lost your shit over food and you're never coming back. Like that's just that's you for the this is why you're so good at it, because it's like the singular focus you have in your life. That's which awesome, is though. it's awesome but nuts. It's nuts. <laughs> like if I talk to everybody about how uh about how like you know, web development's going to save everyone's life because of the artistry behind the code. Like, I don't know. It just seems so crazy. I just don't understand it. And maybe I'm too, I'm too like ADD and scatterbrained to ever like have drive in one focused area that much, I guess. I don't know, but it, uh, it's crazy. Everybody should watch like an episode and just pick like the weirdest looking chef's name you see in the list and just watch that episode. And you'll be like, what the fuck is this guy's deal? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm sold. I'll watch it. Yeah. And then uh, New Penny Dreadful, really good. Uh, just watched that and been catching up on Daredevil. So that's about it for me. Uh, Kate, what have you been up to? Oh, well, hi. Um, what have I been up to? I have been, um, I just started watching The Good Wife, which is uh, super interesting. It's not at all what I thought it was. That show um, wins awards like crazy. It's super good. I mean, if you like legal dramas, which I love, it's fantastic. Hmm. Um, I mean, you so rarely get to see really nuanced portrayals of older adult women in media. And for that reason alone, it's fantastic. Right. Yeah. It starts off kind of like the, the kickoff to the show is that she's like a senator's wife, right? And he cheats on her. Is that he's what it is? The, uh, he's the state's attorney, and okay. he gets caught up in a scandal with um, some prostitutes and maybe some illegal stuff going on at work. Um, and it's about her supporting her family while he's in prison um, and through his appeals process. And I don't know how many seasons it has. I think I'm on episode like 10 of the first season, right. but I've been loving it so far. But it, it like shifts focus fast, right? Like it basically becomes her story very quickly. Like it's not yeah. as anything- yeah awesome it seems like it's going to be about him and then it becomes about her in like half an hour that's awesome yeah i've heard nothing but great things about that show and just never never picked it up i think it's like four or five seasons in honestly i think you've got a lot a lot of tv to watch man it's like scandal (laughs) Uh, so yeah i've been watching that um i started reading the unbeatable squirrel girl which if you guys haven't read it you need to you really it's fantastically fun. oh my god it's so good i mean ryan north who is writing it is um his voice is so perfect for the voice of squirrel girl who is just a ridiculous character by by any standard 
she's a girl who can talk to squirrels and that <laughs> and she has the proportionate strength of a squirrel and that is her superpower but she actually is like a legit marvel character that interacts like with other individuals in the marvel universe so she's ridiculous yeah. but at the same time she's like the real deal you know she doesn't exist in some little alternate timeline or anything like she's right. actually there doing squirrel girl stuff <laughs> yeah yeah i think she was living in the attic of uh avengers mansion at some point <laughs> as a squirrel so you know it's it's like a great light-hearted read i don't usually go in for the hardcore superhero stuff so that's yeah. just about my speed yeah that's awesome wow. that's awesome very cool yeah what are you up to ash wait hold on before ash answers i would like to point out that i was right ash does not listen to me he was responding to me on instagram while i was giving my update <laughs> I was multitasking, man. God, you were caught. I knew you would notice that. I knew that would be <laughs> podcast gold. <laughs> While I was talking, responding on Instagram. I was really impressed that you translated my abyssal text. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> it's always farts. It is always farts. Um, so other than drawing terrible pictures of people speaking abyssal text, uh, I played uh, Bloodborne. And it sort of was one of these games that I, I was not uh, – I say this all the time, but I wasn't planning on picking it up. But everybody at work was talking about it basically constantly to the point where I was just like, oh, fuck it. I'll actually turn on my PS4 and I'll play this thing. <laughs> so I downloaded it on PS4 and um, I think for the first like eight hours I got my ass kicked. I don't want to go into too much because we'll talk about it in the review section. But um, I've gotten to the point where I actually do really enjoy it. I'm I'm – not terrible terrible at it anymore so um it has a very steep learning curve especially since i've I've never played any of the souls games so it was um you know a, a lot to kind of grasp for for a newbie but um really fun uh went and saw avengers age of ultron which we'll talk about um <laughs> i have a, a kind of a guilty pleasure that i'm going to talk about and you guys can, can uh -oh. me no but i watched um all boat well two seasons of don't trust the bee in apartment 23 <laughs> uh, trying to get ready for jessica jones <laughs> exactly exactly you read my mind i'm like man i'm like what am i gonna i need to prepare for this show and i'm like i literally put in Kristen ritter in in netflix and then all of a sudden don't trust the bee popped up and i was like i'll watch this and i'm like this is actually kind of funny and i watched uh both seasons it was my eat eat cereal and watch before work show ah. so i'd watch like one or two episodes before i left in the morning and uh you know, actually, it was it was kind of uh, silly and funny. I can see why the show got canceled, though, because like she really was a, a, a terrible human being in that show. So while, you know, while there were parts that were really, really funny, she was such a shallow and like terrible, vapid human that I think like most people probably couldn't stand her character. But I think the acting was good. Some of the comedy was good. So if you're looking for something silly to watch, it's on Netflix, both seasons. Don't trust the bee in apartment 23. With James Vanderbeek as himself, <laughs> which is really strange. It's really strange. Um, other than that, same thing. Just working a whole bunch, and uh, you know. Oh, I finished uh, the first season of uh, Twin Peaks. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, it, it ends on a really awesome like cliffhanger. So yeah, that's pretty cool. I was, I was, I like it a lot. Um, I would say though, and I think you said this um, when all the news came out that that. Um, uh, Lynch was walking away. Uh, I looked up the episodes that he actually directed, and as long as he wrote it, like I don't know that 
he didn't direct. He only directed like three or four episodes from the yeah, first season. It's really true. Mark Frost did like a lot, and and only a couple of them were, like I would say, great direction. Like they they were some of the weirder ones for sure. So I don't know. I mean, I could see like maybe his voice getting lost if he's not there to like show run or something, but. But I don't know. I'm not super worried if, as long as he wrote it with Mark Frost. Like that seems to be the more important part is that they wrote the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I don't know. But I thought it was really good. So you know, you weren't wrong, Ash. Yeah, watched a decent it, show growing up. It is super hokey, and you have to kind of get through some of that. Yeah, it's it's but... very soap opery, but there's yeah. there's some really neat. I think like tonally, it's just very unique. So well, I think if you think about it being on in what eighty. 8990 yeah yeah like if you think about that show being on at that time and the fact that you can watch it now and it doesn't feel like crazy dated you know like there's other shows that you could watch during eight like alf probably feels like it came out of (laughs) 1990 you know like i'm pretty sure but but uh this did not also i don't think kyle mclaughlin uh ages at all whatsoever yeah he's on shield now he's still looking pretty pretty he looks yeah he looks exactly the same He's the handsome so. man. Ooh. Ooh. Is he? Ooh la la. Mm. Loving that Portland mayor, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, good, man. I'm glad you like it. Yeah, yeah. You want to do some news? Let's do some news. 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 <laughs> Let's talk about some Dragon Age Inquisition. Oh, yes, please. So, um... What what is uh what is involved with this patch that just came out? It was free, correct? It was all free DLC. Yeah, it was totally free. Um, it includes three new characters, one of which is Isabella from Dragon Age Two as a duelist. Um, there's a character named Zither who is um a mage, but he channels his magic through his loot, um, and all of his attacks are based on note combinations. So, um. It's t- it's totally weird. You play three notes in a row, and those are your attacks, and you have to memorize all of them. But once you do, that means you have access to like nine or ten attacks instead of the normal four. That's amazing. That's r- ridiculous. Now he came out as an April Fool's joke initially, right? Yeah, yeah. He was a fake April Fool's joke, I guess, and everyone was like, "Oh wow, that's so goofy," but he's real. <laughs> he's real, and he's he's delightful. Is he is he super fun to play as? Yeah, he's really fun. He and Isabella have a great rapport. Um, he's just a funny guy. He talks about how his manager tried to kill him once. and That's cool. I love, I think probably my favorite part actually of Dragon Age multiplayer is the banter. I, I love it. Even though it, it can get a tad repetitive, I love all the little lines and stuff that they stuck in. I think it's so cool. Yeah, and it's great. If you have more than one Isabella in your party, she flirts with herself. <laughs> in See, classic want... Isabella manner. Yeah, I was going to say, I wondered if they actually would allow that, but I guess I guess they kind of had to, huh? Yeah. Have yeah, you gotten in any parties where there's like all Isabellas and you're just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, and actually those are the craziest ones because these three new characters are supposed to be a lot more difficult to unlock, so they're very powerful, and... Isabella is honestly kind of OP. So if you get three or four of them together in a party, it's it's a disaster, but oh, an yeah. amazing disaster. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so, actually, they give away one free character when you get the DLC, correct? Yeah, and I, I happened to unlock Isabella. As did I. That's it. And I, I kind of okay. loaded it up with the, the hopes of unlocking her because she was honestly one of my favorite companions in Dragon Age 2. So I was like, oh, shit. 
Um, and if our listeners want to go back and listen to our talk with the Dragon Age multiplayer team at PAX uh, Prime this year, during the end of our interview, I was like, you guys have to add old companions as playable multiplayer characters. And they're like, making that noises and shit <laughs> because they probably knew way ahead of time. But I'm just saying that it was totally my idea. <laughs> if they added someone else from DA2 or from Origins, who would you want to see? I want to see Aveline. Oh, my God. She's so busy, though, being guard captain. Yeah, but come on. We we can we can bend the rules a little bit. Um, oh. Uh, shale i want to see shale (laughs) (gasps) yes right Shale was my favorite character from origins i love shale shale was badass um aveline shale uh i'd like to see ogren because they already have they already have his voice actor on lock so that should be pretty easy who's his voice actor uh same as uh same as uh varic same guy yes oh my gosh i didn't know that yeah yeah Okay, I can hear it in my head now. That makes sense. There's a little, yeah. There's a little tinge of it. Um, gosh, there's so many. How about you? Who would you like to? Who would you like to see? Um, I would love to see how they would integrate Fenris's attack. Like, I want to be able to magically fist someone. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you were waiting for that. What? Crazy. <laughs> what? Is this is a thing. What are you guys saying right now? It's a dirty. Oh. <laughs> It's not dirty Boy. at all. He has a magical There is something fist magical about that fisting, though. Let me tell you. And crushes your heart. And it is a magical fist, I agree. <laughs> Can that be the name oh. of this episode? Oh. Magical oh fist. <laughs> yes. Magical fisting. Magical fisting. We'll probably get more listens if we call it that. Let me put that name here. All right. Magical <laughs> fisting. So they added a Skywatcher too, who uh, briefly appears in the in the main campaign, and also um, the don't the Skywatchers appear in the DLC. I haven't played the DLC yet. Um, the Avar Barbarians do, but not Skywatcher in particular. Maybe oh, okay. he just lives in the Fallow Mire forever. I don't know. Oh, okay, so yeah, he appears. He's he's an awesome character. I was hoping that he would appear in some capacity. Have you unlocked him yet? I haven't, but I've played with him in my party before, and he's really interesting. Um, I guess because the Avar Barbarians are sort of outside of Chantry law, they can practice magic and integrate it with regular attacks. So he's actually sort of an elemental mage who who functions as a two-handed warrior. So he can, like, give you elemental buffs. See, I love that they're starting to do this because when I would play Mass Effect 3 multiplayer religiously... As they started releasing more and more playable characters, just got more and more batshit. Like, oh, totally. <laughs> but near the end, they're like, and we'll add a Volus. And you're like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah. He can't even take cover. He's so short. He just stands behind yeah, cover. He just, yeah, exactly. So I loved, I loved that they kept doing that. And so I'm hoping that this is the beginning of a, a long rollout of DLC characters. I guess it depends on sales and stuff, but hopefully it does well. And, um, you know, even though this was free DLC, I'm hoping they, they keep adding more because we want to be playing some more characters. Yeah. Oh, they added dragons, too. We have to talk about that. It's called the Dragon Slayer patch. We didn't even talk about the dragons. Oh, have my you, gosh. Have you fought one yet? Yeah, and the way it works is really fun. So the dragons are fights are kind of based on consumables. You need to craft an item called Dragon's Call, and that allows you, when you're on the map, to bang a gong and summon the dragon to the summit. And so your fifth wave fight, instead of being against the commander, will be against the dragon. Nice. Do so you get transported to a different area? Or do they just no. like plop a dragon in the map? Oh, man, that'd be crazy. No, it's a whole new map called uh, Ferelden Castle. It's 
a lot more vertical than the other maps, which okay. are, you know, very flat. So um, it's a lot more open. So you have to be really aware of archers and stuff like that. Um, there's three types of dragons. There's a frost dragon, a fire dragon, and a storm or electricity dragon. Um, and you can decide which one you want when you start the match. Nice. Are, yeah. Do they, and, do they give good loots? Yeah, they give pretty good loot, um, especially if you play on the harder difficulties. They're intended to be sort of like bridge levels or bridge fights between the different difficulty levels. So if you're playing on routine, for example, which is the easiest one, and you decide you're ready to move on, but threatening's a little too tough for you, you can kind of grind on the dragon level in between, and that'll get you ready. Well, that's awesome. Well, now yeah. you have me excited to play. Maybe I'll play some this weekend. I'm yeah, down. let me know, man. We can kill some dragons. I'm down. Do you you have multiple the, the multiple platforms, right? I have it for every platform because I'm embarrassing. No, that's all right. I think I, I have it for <laughs> PS4 and for Xbox, so ain't no fine. Um, let's talk a little bit about Mr. Joss Whedon. Uh, Joss quit, Whedon. Joss Joss Whedon uh, quitting Twitter. So this was something I kind of woke up to this morning. It was all over the internet, and um, it started off there were basically conflicting stories. The first story was that Joss Whedon quit due to some comments that were made to him on Twitter regarding some of his choices, uh, character choices in Avengers age of Ultron, namely some of the choices that he made with black widow and her character's arc. Yeah. Um, now the reality of the situation, uh, if you believe a couple different sources is that this isn't really why he quit. And he actually went on record later in the day saying that he ended up, uh, quitting Twitter because he really wants to focus on relaxing and he wants to focus on um, writing yeah. and and he doesn't really need the the stress that Twitter adds or the distraction that Twitter adds. I also heard uh, he had built a vault a la Scrooge McDuck and was just swimming in gold coins right now, too. <laughs> <laughs> And he just was like, oh, I don't really have time for tweeting because I've got all these gold coins to swim around in. And, you know, like, didn't he, like, blow them out of his mouth, too, like Scrooge McDuck did? Like, yeah, that, that kind sure. of stuff. Just roll, rolling in the dough. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I think, the, I think the reality is much more that um, from the statement he made, uh, even when he quit, it wasn't about people getting to him. It was that he finds Twitter interesting he finds it like engrossing but he also finds that it distracts him to a level that he just doesn't need mm -hmm. uh, i'm sure people bitching at him on twitter don't help and i'm sure the volume of that that he gets is probably pretty high right. um you know just that's probably the side effect of making some of the biggest properties marvel's ever had you know in a movie yeah uh that's probably the part of it but but uh yeah i don't that I feel like that was a lot. There were a lot of think pieces about the, you know, is it because he was, you know, beaten off of Twitter essentially? Mm -hmm. Well, the interesting thing is, is like I've I've heard different stories, and maybe our listeners can chime in on this because they tend to be in the know right now. This kind of is stuff. it live? No, I mean later on they can give us a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I initially I heard that you know he was actually going to stay on with the MCU and do like a little bit of producing and. Um, you know, maybe touching up some of the writing and stuff, but recent reports kind of have me believing that he's like severing ties. I, 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 mean, I don't know. I don't know about you guys and, and we'll probably get into this in much greater depth uh, later on, 
but he just seems tired. <laughs> he yeah. just seems like yeah. he needs. I heard more interviews where he was like, I'm exhausted. I don't know that I can keep doing this. It's going to kill me. Like, yeah. and I can imagine because it's, this is, it's huge what he's doing. You know I mean? It's gigantic. So yeah. like, I get it. Um, yeah, I, I don't, it's, I, it's hard. on that account. This is funny. Um, this summer, uh, I had signed up at nerd HQ to see him speak, which I do every summer when he's yeah. just cause I love to see him speak. And he actually had, um, injured himself in some capacity, uh, while he was shooting Avengers and actually Skyped in to do the interview with nerd HQ, um, from the hospital. So he was like in his hospital bed, still doing interviews and shit like that, just oh, trying to make people happy. But yeah, I mean, and I've seen him, I saw him before at Comic-Con years ago, where he had like, for some reason, he was like laying out in the sun and he got lemon juice on his hands and his lemon, the lemons like burnt his hands to the point where he showed up at Comic-Con with bandages all over his hands. Right. Oh so my the, goodness. The guy just works to the point where he's like wounded pretty much constantly. So like, I think a break is, is pretty good for him. You know, I think it's deserved. And I think that, that, um, you know, in, in regards to whether, uh, his choices for Black Widow were right or wrong. I feel like there are much better directors and writers and people to go after with this regard than Joss Whedon due to sort of track history. And also because I don't think that he was making every last decision that goes into the Avengers. And due to some comments that have come out from other people involved at Marvel, I feel like the decisions being made around Black Widow are probably not coming from Joss Whedon. Which is unfortunate because, you know, if he had total control over over that character, we'd get some pretty great stuff. Because right. honestly, he's been pushing for powerful females in in pop culture for like, you know, 20 years now. So, yeah, and I mean, the comments, I think everybody knows the comments I'm talking about, but it, it's just it's like, I don't know. It's It's a weird I get it. Like, you know, maybe the argument is don't ever, you know, don't ever let up on anyone. Like, I guess I don't know. But yeah. But, uh, but he does seem exhausted. I, th- I think the Twitter thing was more just like, hey, now that I'm kind of off of this circus, like I'm going to start focusing on my own stuff and my, you know, my sanity. Yeah, he's got quote, kids unquote. and stuff, you know, it's yeah. like that's a quite a quite an undertaking he's done for like the past like six years, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked that if he came back onto Twitter later and was just like, hey, I'm back on Twitter. I'm gonna yeah, tweet true. some stuff again. So cool. We'll, we'll talk more about Avengers crap in a little bit. But um, let's hear about this Hulu show. So Hulu is is supposedly pitching a show based on the game Mist, and Kate, when she saw this news, freaked out. So I'm assuming you are a fan. Kind of. I I mean, I played Mist, <laughs> but I didn't like them. I just kept playing them. <laughs> so what could this show possibly be? I don't. I don't know. I mean, no one really knows yet. There's obviously not like it's not like it's. Uh, uh, I don't even know if it's a done deal. Uh, I'm trying to dig up the article. Um. But yeah, I'm with you. I don't property. really understand what it could be <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I can sort of see it being like um like a mis- maybe a mystery show in the way that um, uh, <laughs> a mystery a mi- show. Oh man, that wasn't even on purpose. Oh. <laughs> um you know, the uh, True Detective was based on um, that horror, that work of horror, uh, but only kind of tangentially related. And I can see how you could take kind of like the empty world, creepy 
puzzle thing going on in Mist and turn that into um, a pretty compelling story. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I mean, I guess you could take the the world and and do something with it, right? Because I mean, it was just it was a puzzle game at heart. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's hard to translate to story. I feel right. like. But yeah, I guess you really. could. I don't know. I, I'm with you. I played. I think I played. There were multiple mists, right? And then yeah, like, then there were like knockoff mists after that too. It was a big deal because it had like FMV and shit in it, didn't it? Or close to FMV. It had like. Did Mist have FMV? Oh, I'm, I'm thinking of Seventh Guest. Sorry, Mist had like yeah. the, the the cutting edge CG graphics. Right. That, yeah, that yeah. Today aren't very cutting edge. No. Yeah. And it was like an exploration puzzle thing. So I, I don't know. It's interesting. I just thought it was neat. I was like, it. Part of me feels like it's it's um, nerd dumb coming to you know it's it's like bubble popping moment or something where they're making TV shows based off of, albeit huge games, but like at this point in time, sort of weird niche games that that I feel like only a select group would be like missed TV show. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a weird property to base yeah. one off. What seems weird to me is that there are there's so many games that have great narratives that could yeah. lend themselves to interesting TV shows. I immediately thought of Portal just because the two characters and I guess with Wheatley the three characters are so compelling on their own. You could do a fun like mini series on Portal. Oh, for, for sure. sure, yeah. Yeah, Mist had no narrative really whatsoever. It was at all. <laughs> just them puzzles. I got like to the second like puzzle just, and I was like, I feel Fuck like this. I feel like this show is going to launch. And it's just going to be a show set on an island. Like it's just going to be lost too, and really have nothing to do with Mist at the end of the day. <laughs> oh, God, it's probably true. Mist in, in name only. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that that was about it on it. I just thought it was interesting. It was kind of crazy that they're making a TV show off of Mist, possibly for Hulu. Although it also, I guess, kind of speaks to the fact that. We're living in kind of a crazy age where Netflix and Hulu and you know Yahoo and all these different services are sort of opening up uh, an experimental place for people to make TV shows. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we we get things that we would you would not get Daredevil, especially in the form that it's in, if it weren't for Netflix. Oh, for sure. You know, it's, like that's it's pretty much as rated R as you can get. Yeah. That bone breaking scene in like episode three or four or whatever. Oh, it is. dude. Like the no, impalement through the head, car door. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. So Glorious. anyways, crazy times. Uh missed the TV show coming soon to a Hulu near you. That was weird. Uh last bit of news was just really quick, and this is mostly for Scott, because I feel like he'll probably listen. But Mirror's Edge is getting a release window, quote unquote, of early twenty sixteen. I think we saw this at was it at E three last year? They they did like a quick demo reveal. Yes. They yeah. teased it, yeah. So uh, it is actually being made, which I think is pretty awesome. I loved Mirror's Edge. Um, I don't, did you ever play it, Ash? I did. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't finish it, but I did enjoy it. I thought it was cool. Did you ever play it, Kate? I did. I I really like Mirror's Edge, and I hope when I heard at E3 that they were talking about making another one, I was really excited, but didn't want to get my hopes up. So right. now I'm very excited. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm ready for it. I think it's such a fun sort of different take like you know forcing you not to do combat kind of thing and and the the mechanics of it were so smooth and buttery i can't imagine a next gen version of it so i think it's gonna be pretty cool i'm excited sweet you guys want to take a break and talk and spoil the hell out of avengers age voltron let's do it we'll be right back 
Age of Ultron. Man, I was more excited for this movie than I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't can't remember the last time I was this excited for a film. I'm such like a, a superhero film nerd. It was like, yeah, it literally I, I tweeted this out, but I woke up like before my alarm two days in a row because I knew the movie was coming out <laughs> and I just <laughs> oh, was wow. like laying there in bed, like waiting. And yet I saw it before you. I know. I know. What the heck, man. I had, to, I had to wait for my wife's friends to make up their mind. It's a really uh, long, long and painful story. <laughs> um, you just go. And I, just I thought go. about it a whole lot. I really did. I was like, <laughs> I can just go and lie about it. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'll be good. So I, I think I'm going to go see it a second time this weekend. I for sure am. Um, so let's talk about, uh, you know, just general. We so won't this, spoil this anything first. first. Spoiler free. Yeah. 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 Spoiler free. Um, and then we'll go ahead and dig into the the plot and, and all that stuff. First of all, I'll, I'll say that I did really enjoy Avengers Age of Ultron. It wasn't, to me, without uh, a number of, of flaws. I won't really dwell on the flaws too much during our little interview section. But, um, you know, interview? the f- review. Review, sorry. Yeah. Too many interviewee things lately. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, I'm I was really impressed with it. I came away really having a good time, and uh, I felt like, uh, you know, they really kind of expanded on some of the characters, especially Hawkeye. It made me like Hawkeye, Hawkeye a whole yeah. lot this time, which I thought was neat. Um, it was all like all over the place in terms of the locations, which I thought was neat. Like we weren't really stuck in just the United States. We got to go around, I think, to like Africa and um, where else did we go? Uh, there was like at least three or Sco- four major Sco- locations. Scolovia? Yeah, so East, Eastern Europe someplace. Yeah. Some fake. It was. I think it was fake country. So, yeah, I never heard of it. If it's a real country, but yeah. But um, you know, I, I really ended up enjoying the dynamic between the Avengers. The film starts out, and this is spoiler free, but starts out with them actually, you know, working together as a team and having, you know, a, a pretty good dynamic and kicking a lot of ass. So that was something we didn't really get to see come together until the very end of the first film. So you kind of start off with a team already established. You get to skip all the origin crap. And then you get to see them, you know, kicking ass from the very beginning of the film, which I thought was pretty neat. So that was awesome. What about you guys? How what was your initial thoughts on Avengers? Kate? Um, I gotta say I was pretty lukewarm, but I also wasn't as excited as you seem to have been. Um, mm-hmm. I like the Avengers stuff. I like the MCU stuff kind of generally, but I'm not a super huge fan of any particular title in particular yeah (laughs) particularly Um, (laughs) (laughs) so i was i was going in with um very few expectations and you know it was a good popcorn movie i had fun but i think there were some strange choices made that maybe we'll talk about later yeah cool i uh i was along the lines of ash i think i had a really good time with the movie i thought it was really fun and and entertaining um and again i agree it definitely wasn't without its flaws there there was stuff that uh felt um and again not spoilery there was stuff that felt sort of rushed there was stuff that felt sort of unexplored but yet like talked about which was weird um it just really felt like they were trying to pack in as many different things as they could into what is essentially the last uh avengers movie right because we're getting infinity war coming up which which is going to be an avengers movie i think it's is it avengers infinity war or is it just infinity war i don't remember uh i think it's avengers infinity war yeah so part one and two but you can tell that that is going to be a you know huge 
kind of world spanning movie. So just from all of the films building towards it. Um, so th- it definitely felt a little, a little odd. And then I don't know if you felt this, if you guys felt this way, but it, it almost felt, and this is stupid, but it almost felt like uh, Avengers age of Ultron would have been much more exciting and like amazing if Avengers had never come out. <laughs> like if this was the first one I'd have, I'd probably be like, it's so amazing. They did any of this, but since they did the first one, you're kind of like, yeah, I expected them to pull it off again. They already nailed it on the first one. You know, <laughs> I think, yeah, you're right. The first one was kind of shocking, like as to how good it actually was, you know, because a lot of us didn't expect, I mean, it's, it's along the lines of when Iron Man came out, the first one, we were like, oh, well, there's no way this is going to be, you know, it's whatever, another comic book movie, fine, whatever. And then Iron Man was like awesome and super fun and just like really exciting and, and great to watch. And then when they started building towards Avengers, we were like, well, there's no way they're going to put all of these characters in a movie and have it make any sense whatsoever. And then it came out, we're all like, that was amazing. <laughs> like They did it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then this one fi- kind of felt like, oh, they did it again. Like... <laughs> <laughs> cool good job marvel you know so um but but I, again i loved it i thought it was super fun and funny at, at like a lot of points too it was quippy for sure yeah. yeah for sure you guys want to dive into the spoilers i think yeah. it's hard to talk about without it i know so i think we should All right. um so here we go so i'm gonna do the spoiler sound i think it's that a, means i think it's a reaper sound it is trademark bioware spoiler sound. and then uh <laughs> It's the could be anything. I might have made that on my keyboard, man. You don't know. That's right. Uh, so this is your time to to fast forward, um, and we'll we'll try to put in the show notes the point you need to fast forward to, and then uh, listen at Bloodborne. Come back for the Bloodborne review. Yeah. With yeah. Ash and Kate. All right, so the plot of Avengers Age of Ultron. Uh, The brief rundown is that uh, the Avengers are a team. They're working together to bring down Hydra. They discover that um, there are enhanced humans being worked on by Hydra at a base in the middle of nowhere, and they're using Loki's staff to uh, enhance the abilities of people. We don't don't actually know if the people had abilities, or we can say it's spoilers, if the Maximovs had abilities prior to being tampered with with Loki's staff. Uh, or if they're in this Marvel Cinematic Universe, they got their powers from Loki's staff. Right. But um, I like they're to from, think... Are they from the X-Men universe real fast? Yeah. Uh, so sort of, they have yeah. multi-origin, Scarlet Witch especially, um, especially. but the the main origin story for them is 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 mutants. Yeah. Okay. They're, they're yeah. Magneto's kids, right? Yeah, Magneto's kids. So anyway, the Avengers kick a lot of Hydra ass. I thought that fight was really great. Yeah. We got to see them versus, you know, a bunch of sort of like from the first Captain America film when Hydra like had the, all the fun technology, like the G.I. Joe technology. Do you feel like the buildup of the Strucker storyline was shut down so quickly? I guess yeah, it gets that was away, weird, right? It was strange, right? Yeah. I mean, they, they even hinted at it on S.H.I.E.L.D. And then yeah. uh, they bring down Strucker in like the first 20 minutes. <laughs> was it even 20? <laughs> 20 feels long. I feel like uh, maybe not. Minutes. Yeah, maybe not even. So, I mean, the cool thing is, is you did get to see them working together as a, you know, well-oiled yeah. machine. Yeah. And then um, then Strucker actually ends up getting killed like <laughs> like a third into the film, not even on camera. They just like show like a screenshot like, oh, yeah, he got killed. You're like, what? What? It's <laughs> like a major Marvel character. What the fuck? But, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's um, crazy. A lot of subplots, man. There Gotta are a lot of subplots. Up. So, uh, you know, two big new two new characters or Avengers are introduced. You have uh, 
the Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch. Uh, and I've heard a lot of interviews with Whedon. And he said the reason why he really wanted to introduce these characters is they were two of his favorites. Uh, and he also wanted to have characters in the film that did stuff other than punch all the time. So he wanted mm-hmm. people with uh, a different variety of powers for visuals sake. So, and, and they don't, you know, as if you've seen the movie, they, they don't, they are not immediately Avengers. They're, they're introduced in the beginning as sort of um, foes to the Avengers, like, like weird sub foes to the yeah. Avengers. Yeah. They never face off with the Avengers at all in any formidable way. Like there's a point where Scarlet Witch is going around kind of Scarlet Witching everybody on the team. Um, but beyond that, it's not like there's like a big epic Thor Quicksilver battle or anything yeah, along yeah. those he lines. He like punches Hawkeye and like makes fun of him at the beginning. And that's it. Yeah. He like runs past and says something. And, yeah. Yeah. The two of them not, have like a little like a... strange rivalry. Yeah. So they become kind of Ultron. So, oh, I guess we should talk about Ultron. Yeah, we should talk about Ultron. The big, the big plot. So Ultron is uh, a robot that in this universe is created by Tony Stark, who discovers that the stone in the middle of Loki's staff is actually artificial, alien artificial intelligence. Yes. Right? Yeah. And it's, How uh, he discovers that is Marvel science. Yeah, and then, right. It's and an then, infinity stone, though. It's a uh, life it stone, right? The yellow stone? Uh, okay. Yes. I think it's life. And then cut to more Marvel science and... It, and he has run it through some sort of program to try and crack it with Jarvis uh, to create an AI for a robot that he can then protect the world with. Right. Is, yeah. Is, so he wants trying. to create a peacekeeping force so that, you know, one of the things that Iron Man has been trying to do for like several films now is like retire. Like yeah. Tony Stark has never really wanted. Just, he just wants out. He just wants to like sit around in his cool mansion and like make cool stuff. So he doesn't want to really have to fight these wars. And he knows that the Avengers eventually want to retire too, even though we haven't really got to see them fight too much. But anyway, um, so he wants to create <laughs> what, what did he call it? The something curtain or the the uh, Iron Curtain? Iron right? Curtain. No, the Iron. No. Yeah. <laughs> the Iron Curtain's no. a bad thing. <laughs> I know, but it's the Iron something. Is it maybe it's iron not the Guardians or I don't know? Our listeners will correct us. But he wants yeah. to create a peacekeeping force of of uh, robots around the Earth that have enough intelligence to like basically not kill people like drones right yeah so they're gonna they're gonna fly around and if if aliens come out of the sky again essentially is what he's saying that this force would stop them so that they don't have to you know right yeah um and then of course you know uh ultron is born It, it works while they're not around and then he immediately destroys jarvis and then creates takes over one of the old suits and kind of you know does his first villain appearance of I am Ultron. He busts through the wall, breaks up this party that's going on uh, with the Avengers and basically says, I've decided that the only way to keep the earth safe is to kill all of you. You're the ones, you're the ones causing the war. So I'm going to get rid of you. Which is like, you know, the very typical, I mean, not to say that it's a typical plot, but whenever, uh, you know, robots gain sentience, they always see humans as a, as a virus or a plague that they have to eradicate from the earth because we're, you know, exhausting the natural resources and killing everything. So they want to kill us. So, right. I mean, right. and the robots aren't wrong. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ultron wasn't wrong. I mean, he just questionable methods. Yeah, exactly. Correct. Ultron yeah. was right. So Ultron played by James Spader. Did you guys like his performance? No, I, I did not either. Did you it like was it? Kate? So weird how they animated his lips. Why that was weird. Yeah. did he have animated lips? No, but I thought it was too like, 
too like jokey and almost friendly. It just didn't feel menacing at all. It right. just felt weird. Yeah. So I've read multiple reviews where they're like James Spader's perfect tone of bitchiness, and I'm like, it was so off putting the entire time. Like the, all the time he came on and said anything, I just was like, ugh, ugh like what am I watching? <laughs> like wh- this is just so weird. I, yeah, that was one of the faults I felt like was that performance just felt weird and wrong like it just felt like it felt like what spader does which is fine but just not for this villain like this villain didn't feel like it had a crazy drive to you know eradicate the earth and like get rid of the avengers because the only thing it could logic out was this is the way it needed to be like that didn't feel like that at all it just felt like he woke up in the morning was like man i'm gonna kill the avengers today like and i'm gonna make some jokes while i'm doing it and you're yeah it was real weird yeah Yeah, my big criticism yeah my big criticism was that he he wasn't terrifying enough like ultron you know and not to pull a comic book nerd but um ultron in the comics is a scary fucking thing Right. Like he is like, uh, you know, totally murderous. And I don't think that that really came across with Spader's performance. I don't think his performance was bad. I just don't really feel like it was. I it wanted was like Ultron. Terminator. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. really that's really what what he should have been, you know, unstoppable. And I also think in that first party scene and I may have said this to you guys already, but in the first party scene, when he first busted in and they're all hanging out in their laser shoots and stuff, I think he should have fried somebody. Just right off the bat, like kill Rhodey, kill you know. No, kill not Rhodey. Well, you can't. Uh, <laughs> or something. I don't care. Not Rhodey. Yeah, I know. Well, and like the weird thing about that is that um, he he came out like his ability doesn't seem to be killing. His ability just seems to be escaping. Like that's what Ultron was really good at in this movie was yeah. getting away. Yeah, yeah, he was always on the run. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It was very weird. It was, it, was, it was a weird tone, especially when if you think back on the trailers, they edited those trailers to make him come off as such a creepy, like, impending doom villain. And then you watch the movie and you're like, oh, he's not creepy. He's, like, just weird. Like, why is he singing a song right now? This is a very weird tone yeah. to take at the moment. And there was a scene where he was, like, riding around in, the, in a semi-truck. And I'm like, yeah. why is he in a semi-truck? <laughs> oh, my God. You guys, when the semi, like tractor or trailer lifted into the sky yeah. i burst out laughing i couldn't I, it was so weird yeah, the physics were a little not physics-y but yeah that's, that's to be ex- expected but, I think. Um, it goes hand in hand with the marvel science so that yeah. that was the the ba- well the basic rundown of the plot is eventually um you know jarvis uh something happens with more you know marvel science and they're uh, ultron's trying to build a, a better more human-like body for himself and he gets with this, uh, you know, this and magical one. He's getting bigger as the time goes yeah, on. Yeah, that's right. But he wants like a more human body. So he gets right. with this uh, doctor who's like a really good at synthetic she a alloys. From anything? She seemed to come out of literally nowhere. <laughs> I think she kind of did come out of nowhere. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and... did I miss her in another movie? What is happening? <laughs> so they create this body and Ultron's about to upload himself into this body. Um, some shit happens and Ultron doesn't get to upload himself into the body. Jarvis takes control over the body and the infinity stone is grafted onto this new character, the visions head who has some of the personality aspects of Jarvis, but he's basically Um, like super Android. I believe I said earlier that Jarvis was killed by Ultron, but he comes back somehow, right? (laughs) There's a yeah, lot of science stuff that happens. He supposedly escapes. Supposedly he knows that Ultron's going to kill him because he's smarter than Ultron. Uh, so yeah. he escapes into the net 
before Ultron can eradicate. Oh, that's it. right. And he's fragmented, right? Right. And then they had to go to like the the internet super hub and like grab the pieces of Jarvis. Well, that what they figure out is oh, that man. somebody's somebody's counter hacking Ultron and constantly changing the nuclear codes so that Ultron can't take over nukes. That's right. So then Tony Stark goes, wait a second, I know that only one hacker would be able to do this, and realizes that it's Jarvis. That's right. And gets him back. Now, that is a questionable plot point. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say, Paul Bettany as Vision is fantastic. Oh, it's great. It's great. And they got his powers, like, perfect. Like, yeah. So did you like, do you know anything about Vision, Kate? Is that, like, was this No. No, this was all new to me. And I gotta tell you, I had, like, stars in my eyes. (laughs) I love the Vision. He's so delightful. He's great. Yeah, he's 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 awesome. And and you know, comic book lore his his creation is two different ways, right? I think we talked about this in a past episode where uh one way is he's like a, a sentinel for Krang, I think, and the other way uh, Ultron creates him but not he creates him from his own uh sort of being and the Avengers talk him out of being Ultron's dude right am i am i mixing those or i think those are the two real yeah i think there's there's some part it was a really long time ago but uh the ant-man uh hank pym was like the original builder of ultron right of ultron of ultron and he kind of like is the grandfather of vision so there's some sort of weird family tree there yeah so um but i thought they nailed it i thought they nailed his sort of way he talks i loved and the they showed his phasing powers so subtly that i thought it was amazing yeah yeah like one of his like signature moves is the is where i don't even know if you realize this is what he was doing but he was phasing his arms into the ultron robots and then he would unphase them and then just like rip them into pieces essentially he was magically fisting them you guys there's some magic fisting all the way around full circle oh boy (laughs) (laughs) wow kate do you know you're making these jokes as she knows see i've seen Uh films like that and they'll change you i'm sorry what Uh, so let's ash uh you hinted at it but if you want to go further into it hawkeye ends up being it's almost as if joss whedon the whole time everybody was making fun of hawkeye from avengers one was just like i'm gonna shove that down your guys throats like you're gonna walk away from the second avengers going god hawkeye is awesome and that's i know the way i felt yeah, they give him not only they give, they give him the best lines in the movie for sure. Like he's the funniest character hands down yeah. in this film. But they also gave him, I think, the best subplot. Um, you think that he has some like shady, shady dealings going on because you see him kind of you know pulling a shield and going off and talking to somebody, you know, in in the in the far distance on the cell phone. You're like, oh fuck, who is he talking to? It turns out he's talking to his wife, and he has like a house out in the Midwest with a couple kids. And uh, Nick Fury set it up for him to be like completely off the radar. And so Hawkeye's big twist about his origin is that he's like a family man who's like super fucking normal. And at one point in the film, the Avengers show up in in the Quinjet and like, you know, go hang out at Hawkeye's house with Linda Cardellini, (laughs) who is awesome. (laughs) Lindsay Weir. And they, you know, and they have a lot of really cool character moments like out at that farm. Um, which honestly was one of my favorite parts of the movie. So Melissa made a noise much akin to when she saw John Hamm live at that uh, movie, the Doug Love Doug Loves Movies podcast, when uh, Tony Stark and uh, Captain America are out chopping, chopping logs wood together. Oh my god, that was great. When 
when he picks up a log and just rips it in half, <laughs> I want to say the noise was along the lines of, oh, like that. <laughs> it was something near to that. And I just looked at her and started laughing immediately. And she's like, shut up. And I was like, I heard it. That was very audible. But yeah, um, those were some great scenes. And I thought the Hawkeye stuff was, like you said, his lines are the the line he does with Scarlet Witch. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, and I don't, we won't ruin any of the jokes. I guess we can. We're ruining literally everything else. But, but you know, the whole, like, you know, this is all crazy kind of thing. His monologue about everything I'm being the guy crazy. With the bone arrow. <laughs> yeah, none of this makes sense. Like, that, that was, like, brilliant. It was, like, it was literally what everybody was making fun of Joss Whedon and Hawkeye for in the first Avengers. Like, why is he there? He's so pointless. He's just a dude with a bow and arrow. And then they just flip it and make that the joke of, of the movie. Like, yeah, no, none of this makes sense. Um, just a dude with a bow and arrow, yeah. <laughs> So I thought that was really good. Kate, did you we're, – and we're shutting you out, I feel like. Ash and I are just gushing. No, you guys are fine. Um, the house thing was kind of weird for me. Like I liked that he was a family man, but it just felt like a, a dead zone in the story to me. Yeah, I wouldn't argue that point as much, although I think this is a thing that Joss Whedon kind of does with shows and movies quite a bit, which is the kind of like Pixies, like loud, quiet, loud thing where this is yeah. – this is the quiet moment that you're going to get with all the characters. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a little, it was a little that I, I prefer that to the other thing that people do with superhero movies of the, you know, like taking away everybody's power and just making them pointless for 30 minutes. So oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> thank God they don't do that. In these movies. <sighs> yeah. So I thought that was, that was at least a little bit more like even paced, but um, yeah, well, but let, yeah, let's talk about, um, kind of uh how the film ends in that big last fight scene which is like seriously like 35 40 minutes and then uh there we had can... to be six separate fight scenes right or five or yeah i think five or six big like ones big sure. big action set pieces not like yeah. fight scenes but like big huge fight scenes yeah and the last one was you know pretty massive i mean it, <laughs> it was kind of ridiculous um so the, the ultron's main plot is that he wants to use uh some sort of uh, anti-gravitational mag lift to lift up a giant chunk of uh, what's, I guess, a town in eastern Russia or eastern Europe someplace and drop it onto the Earth from like the edge of orbit, causing like an extinction level event. So basically he's creating an asteroid, right? Right. And um, he, he said he got this idea because he used to look up into the sky and he would see shooting stars and he thought they were cool. So he's like, what, what better to kill mankind than a shooting star? And so, well, he also talks about extinction extinction events a few times and references the dinosaurs. Oh, uh, that's right. Yeah, uh, meteor or, or asteroid, I guess. Yeah. Right? So not only is it a fucking crazy ass plot, but it um it it also looks kind of cool. So I think that's why it was chosen. Oh yeah. yeah. Like, how can you top the big New York battle from the first movie? It's like, well, we'll make them fight, you know, on an island in the sky because that's something that nobody's ever really seen, you know in one of these superhero movies yet. So, uh, so we get this mega mega fight. Ultron builds a ton of robots and, uh, the Avengers team up. And at this point in the film, um, Quicksilver and the Scarlet witch have joined the team. Um, and, uh, the fights crazy. Like it's very back and forth. Um, you know, it doesn't seem like the Avengers are going to win it at first. And the main thing that they're trying to do is, uh, were they trying to guard, like I remember Scarlet Witch so was like first, guarding the thing. Right? Yeah, at first they are just trying to um fight Ultron and then deactivate the thing. 
And then they realize that there's no way to deactivate it. And then they realize that, oh, he's going to reverse this and turn it into like a, an extinction event on the planet. Because they, they didn't know what he was doing. He didn't like out it. There's no monologue, essentially. Yeah. Uh, so then they go, oh, well, we need to guard this so that he doesn't like flip the switch and, and drop this thing on Earth. So then they then they all gather around it, and there's the big final like epic battle sort of. Um, again, don't we find Ultron like driving something again or flying something? Like, why is he getting into vehicles? <laughs> I don't know, man. It make, isn't there an Ultron? One of the Ultron robots is like driving a bus at one point. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very peculiar. Like, it's just like, why are these killer robots getting into like pedestrian cars? No, yeah, he was. He was in. in uh, I mean, spoiler alert. Uh, the the big, you know, the big death in this movie is actually quicksilver which i found to be really shocking yeah i thought yeah, that dude, was why? weird <laughs> i think it's because he couldn't kill hawkeye i'm gonna yeah. be honest with you i think he wasn't allowed to kill hawkeye and i think that's who joss whedon wanted to kill yeah and, i was kind of and... hoping they would do like a commander shepherd thing where they leave it ambiguous like maybe he's dead maybe he's not yeah. dead but he I seems they... to be seriously dead well but they, it's a little ambiguous in the sense that you don't there's no funeral. You don't. There's no like ending scene for him other than him laying on the on the floor next to Hawk because they still load him into the the escape ship with Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good point. And they're kind of just laying next to each other. He's clearly dead, but that no one dies in the Marvel universe. So, mm-hmm. so right. it's like feasible that they you know bring him back to life or whatnot. But yeah. But it was weird that he died because it was very like... And also Ultron killed him while flying a plane. Flying a plane and shooting bullets. <laughs> like he's just shooting normal bullets and flying a plane. It's, like, it's so illogical. It's like when a kid would play with G.I. Joes and he would like get the like the characters mixed up. Like a robot would be flying like a Cobra uh, yeah. Jet. <laughs> it just felt like the whole movie sort of felt like Ultron was not the right bad guy choice. Or just at least done wrong, I mm. feel like. Yeah. Not that it was a bad again it's like it's so weird because it's not a bad movie like i enjoyed the shit out of it and i thought ultron was ultimately a good fight like a lot of the fights were great they're just when you look at certain moments you're like why why was he doing that like why you know why did he have to get away in a in a in a truck at one point and like what is happening in this movie did you feel like the whole like ultron's many robots thing was kind of similar to the um are they called Chitari from yeah. first Avengers? It's just like, you know, the swarming enemies, constant punching. Well, they require this. Kill. Yeah, they require, but they require killable uh, enemies, right? Yeah. So like they can't make an R-rated movie and slaughter people. Like that's not a thing they can do. Yeah. And also the other problem with the Avengers that, that we've talked about before is that they're just overpowered. So if you're not throwing just legions of things at the Avengers, they just exactly. win. They just win immediately. And that's it's, what I think is ridiculous. kind of neat about, you know, we'll get to the end of the movie in a minute, but the movie ends with a whole new Avengers team being assembled. Right. And the new Avengers team is much, much weaker. Well, than- that's oh, yeah. it doesn't end with the, the new team being assembled, assembled. It ends with a 30-minute, like, hey, everybody, please be okay with these actors not being in a lot more movies. That We can't afford them anymore. They're all going away. <laughs> like, <laughs> here you go. For real. We'll keep that guy over there. Yeah, hey, Rhodey. You like him, right? He's cool. Uh, <laughs> hey, I like Rhodey. This new guy over here. Like, it's, it's very, it felt like so much hand-holding of the audience. Like, we know you love Robert Downey Jr. We know you love Chris Evans. They're not going to be here forever. We don't know what to tell you. <laughs> like, yeah. please be okay with this. So. Wait a second. I thought they were going to do, like, a Civil War type of thing. Isn't that Captain America versus Tony That's... Stark? 
Yeah, so that's the last Chris Evans movie. Supposedly. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So that's, hmm. that's yeah. So they're each like contract contracted for I think like one or two more. So yeah. I think um, the rumor right now, and we'll just we'll talk rumors, is that shit goes down obviously in Civil War. A lot of the MCU characters all fight each other. Infinity War it is going to follow the Registration Act. Story. Oh really? Yeah. See, that's awesome. But oh, then that'll be cool. Infinity yeah. War one happens, and a lot of the MCU characters will get wiped out by uh, by Thanos. Mm-hmm. And then Uh-oh. Infinity War two will happen, and all the Avengers that were in retirement will come back for like one last film. That's what I I've actually, been hearing. I think they're gonna follow the. I think they might follow the Civil War storyline and kill Captain America in Civil War. Yeah, possibly. you think so? Oh my well, god! Well, because they've got Bucky like wandering around somewhere. He's he's yeah. There. What's Bucky up to? Right. Last Where last we saw him, last we saw him, he would. Yeah, he was the only one they didn't show there. But he didn't. He was never officially with them. Like the last they showed mm. him was in the museum, and then he like walks away, and they, you don't see him anymore. Yeah. So so like Falcon was actually still with the team. You know, Rhodey was still with the team. Like all those guys were actually there. And really, the most overpowered one, the Thor character now is Vision. Right. I mean, he's the one who can kind of yeah. do whatever he wants, and he's there still. And then what was the Scarlet Witch? Scarlet Witch. Yeah. And then supposedly Black Widow is going to be like managing the team along with Captain America. Hmm. We'll see. I mean, Civil War might the Cap Cap Three Civil War might shake that team up even more. Yeah, so yeah. something tells me. I mean, I I, I kind of looked at the IMDb for uh, Civil War, and it does look like um, you know Black Widow's in it, Scarlet Witch is in it, Falcon's in it, Bucky's in it. Uh, so you have a lot of you know, and then Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr.'s in it. So it's uh, gonna be like almost like another Avengers movie next summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, is it that soon? I had no it idea. Is. Yeah, it's crazy. They're yeah, filming it, it like right summer. now, which is bonkers. oh, there's a bunch of people on this list I've never heard of. Well, two. Oh yeah. Yeah, Crossbones and Black Panther. Hmm. So Crossbones, they sort of introduced at the very end of the last Captain America. He's really? a bad guy. Yeah, he's a bad guy. Remember the guy oh, that got okay. really burnt up at the end? Oh, this dude. Yeah. yeah. That guy. yeah that all guy. right, all right. And then Black Panther, they hinted at all throughout Avengers uh, Age of Ultron. Like Is that what the times. Wakanda thing was about? Yeah, that's Wakanda and the and the vibranium and all that stuff is, is Black Panther. Oh, so, all right. I'm, in, I'm down for that. I thought they, I don't know about you, Ash, but I thought they did a good job of their nudge, nudge, wink, wink stuff this time around. It wasn't super in your face. It was kind of mentions, just like quick yeah. things that happened. I thought they did a good job of not being like, they didn't Gotham it, you know? Like, yeah. Well, one thing we have to talk about before we stop talking about this is the uh, the big Fury reveal that how it ties in with S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Uh, this was cool, right? What was it? it the- was, Theta Protocol, was it, was it called? It was really a yeah, theta protocol. Yeah. Uh, it was it was really cool. Um, I'm still, you know, my feelings on Shield. I'm still a little torn on that show right now. But but uh, but yeah, I thought that was really awesome. And and you knew you were kind of waiting for it. You're like something's got they gotta because the tie-in couldn't have only been the staff, right? Like you knew it had to be something else. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought that was a really cool reveal with the theta protocol for sure. Yeah. So I, I mean, really quickly, one of the things that I think a lot of like fans of the MCU were wondering, like, well. We never saw the helicarrier go down in in Avengers, the first movie. We never saw it go down in uh, Captain America two because they mm-hmm. had the new the new helicarriers, yeah, you know, that that all blew each other up. But like, what happened to the you know the first helicarrier? And it turns out, you know, between Avengers and Avengers two, that's kind of been in a secret underground lair someplace, getting rebuilt. And um, 
it kind of signifies the rebirth of the old shield. And so near the, near the end of the film, the, the helicarrier shows up to kind of save the day along with Rhodey, which was a really cool surprise. That was cool. Although Melissa was really, and I don't, I don't blame her for this. Melissa was really mad. Falcon didn't show up. She's like, what yeah, the fuck? Dude. Why wasn't Falcon there? Like, what, yeah. why did Rhodey show up with the helicarrier? Like, are we to believe Falcons just like running around DC right now, hanging out for no yeah, reason? Yeah, there should have been. I think that's just contractual shit, you know? Yeah. That's what I said. I was like, he's probably shooting something else at the time. Yeah. Um, but, uh, final impressions. I, I really loved it. I'm, I'm probably going to go back this weekend to be honest. And, try and uh you know pay more, closer attention to the fight scenes and stuff so yeah i, I want to rewatch it um i i did really like it there were, like i want to i want to give ultron another chance and maybe i just my expectations were of something else and then when i saw it I was, it didn't match and then i was like it just kind of turned me off so i'd be interested to go back in with fresh eyes knowing what it's going to be and see if i'm like oh he's not as you know obnoxious as i thought he was but there were just definite like cartoony scenes that I'm unsure of at the moment and flying yeah. the jet and driving the truck were, were two of them for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back and just see more vision. Yeah. He's, oh, vision, vision. he's a pretty big badass. That's Paul Bettany wait. was so great. So great. Yeah. He was good. I can't, I can't wait for, for him to be a more focal character. I think it, he came out so great and it looks like freaking perfect. And all the moments of like, uh, the hammer and, and oh, him, the hammer. him like doing the cape and all that. Like that was all incredible. I thought that was really done yeah. very, very well. When I told my wife that in the comics, he ends up having a relationship with the Scarlet Witch. She was like, what? <laughs> Didn't you guys get a sense of like when he picks her up at the end and she looks at him and her eyes get all big. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> ship it. So ship it it's so the hard. weird, it's the weirdest relationship. But then like we went to new comic day that same day and I pulled out there a bunch of long boxes were there at our comic shop and I pulled out from Good the eighties. Uh, yeah. I pulled out the old vision, uh, vision and Scarlet witch miniseries from the eighties. <laughs> Did you buy it? I didn't buy. I think I already have them someplace, but uh, I showed her, she was like, Oh my God. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. Uh, what, actually real quick. Uh, the Hulk Ash, your prediction I was question wrong. Mark, question mark true, maybe? Oh, what did I predict? I totally forget. That he'd fly off into space. Oh, I know. I was wrong. Start but... Planet Hulk. Well, he did. Did he? Is that what he did? They said they had a touchdown, but they don't know what it is. Oh. They're, okay. they're like, it could be him. It could not. We, there's no way for us to know. And uh, and the last Planet scene, Hulk? The last scene you saw, yeah, the last scene you saw of him was him looking up into the sky and the plane going. That was it. That was all you saw. Yeah. So I don't yeah, know. So I don't know if he went to Hulk, space, you know but Planet that could Hulk be is? cool. Kate. Huh? Do you know what Planet Hulk is? No, that's why I asked. He is it a different Earth version or I don't remember exactly yeah, how he, he goes ends into up space. On. It's like out in like the Guardians of the Galaxy, like oh deep my space. God. Same kind of reason. Like he leaves because he basically can't be on Earth because he just kills people and destroys stuff. So he yeah. leaves or gets banished or something. I don't remember exactly the, the reasoning. And he ends up out on a planet that has hulks on it right <laughs> oh like man. existing if i remember correctly i wasn't huge into planet hulk uh but they there it he, there ends up being like a son of hulk and and there's like other bad guys that are hulkish and it's very uh it's very hulk driven but uh it's very there's there's recent versions of it that are really really good supposedly i've never read them but you know, the one that i i read um he ends up on this planet and uh it, it's essentially like thunderdome <laughs> it's like primal right like yeah it, like in all like these different warriors stuff. from different 
you know, races all over the galaxy have to fight in this arena. Oh, Gladiator played it. Right. Yeah. And he ends up beating everyone's ass and becomes like the king of the planet. (laughs) So (laughs) so that's that's the plot line I remember reading. We'll see. I mean, there was no Planet Hulk movies announced. Really weirdly, no Hulk movies announced at all. But yeah, you know, sucks because Ruffalo's so good as Hulk. He's very he's, good. He's excellent as Hulk. I've never really cared for the Hulk in the past, and I've seen all the other Hulk movies. But Ruffalo as Hulk, yeah, I'm sold. Yeah, for sure, he's great. All right, well, I think you know my final thoughts are that I also loved it. I'm going to go see it again, probably. Um, it's it's just kind of mind blowing to me that these even exist. <laughs> so yeah, I'm here. happy to watch them for sure. Hey, Kate, let's talk about Bloodborne. So, uh, this game, holy shit, did I get my ass kicked. Um, (laughs) like what, how, how did you start to play this game? So how did you first get involved with, uh, with Bloodborne? Well, okay. So I've never played any of from software's game. That's the company. I've never played any of the previous souls games before. And honestly, like, you know, I've watched videos of them. I've seen people talk about it online. The idea of a game that's ridiculously punishing does not appeal to me at all however my husband bought it and i watched him play it and um for some reason it just really caught my attention i think i loved the sort of tactical element to it yeah so um i went and got my own copy nice (laughs) and um i don't you know there's something about it trying to put it into words let's see um it never breaks its own rules like it teaches you how to play the game and then it doesn't punish you for following its rules right if that makes sense no i think i think that's a good way of putting it for sure i mean they're, and, they're, go ahead no i was gonna say i mean and i was really lucky in that i had someone sitting next to me who had played for the first 10 or 12 hours to show me like okay this is where this hidden path is look out for this thing right so I don't really like jump scares, so that was really helpful to sort of ease me into the game. And then after that initial trial period where I was kind of frustrated, it really clicked with me, and then I was off on my own. Okay, so I did not have your your wonderful husband (laughs) sitting next to me um, to help me. Uh, And I was – okay, so you know the first uh, spawn point really that you get to? You'll get you know through the first like mini zone where you get killed by the werewolf, and then you'll come back. Right. I must have died, I don't know, 150 times before I made it to the second spawn point. Oh, Ash. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even kidding because I didn't didn't understand, first of all, how the leveling process worked. There's no sort of tutorial, no hand-holding, anything, no sort of tool tips that just, like, drop you in this world and, like, shit tries to kill you. And you're like – Oh Everything my god, like up. good luck. Yeah, you're like, where's the counter button? There is no counter button. Like, where's my special move? There is no real special move. Like, you just have to like learn all these weird, intricate little systems all on your own, which I ended up really, really enjoying. Like the yeah. challenge the challenge of the game to me not only was, you know, the mechanics, but also figuring everything out on my own was really kind of welcoming, you know? Because yeah, some no, games I can totally be like that. really, really handholdy, and this is like the opposite of handholdy. It's like I'm gonna kick you in your scrotal region 150 <laughs> times until you figure out what the hell to do. And even yeah. now, I'm like not good. Like I just beat Cleric Beast, and it was oh, like yeah. it was like one of the most liberating things. <laughs> I was like, yeah. 
you just like rip your shirt in half and jump off the couch yeah i mean i was just like so elated that i finally beat this like i guess what's considered to be the first boss because i had to learn how to do it you know completely on my own like i didn't look at any tutorials or anything i was just like all right but i guess rather than just you know bitching about how hard the game is we should kind of tell a little bit about the premise of bloodborne and, and what the game is really all about so what do you think the plot of this game is I have my my loose interpretation, but what do you <laughs> I think? I still it's have about? a very general idea. So it seems like the populace of the city Yarnum and the surrounding area are afflicted with some kind of disease in their blood that turns them into monsters? Question yeah, mark. Sort of like lycanthropy of some sort. Yeah, and you are a hunter, which is I guess part of some ancient order that shows up on the night of the hunt when everyone turns into monsters and then kills them. Um, it's sort of not clear throughout the game whether you are actually a hero or potentially a villain. Because everyone are... hates your guts. Like yeah, you knock on doors and they're like, you. get the fuck out of here. And you're like, wait, does no one like me? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I yeah, understand. it's super interesting. I mean, my hunch is that there's a way to turn people back into regular humans. And by killing the monsters, you're killing people. Mm. So, but anyway, so you get some sort of like blood inoculation vaccination. I don't know. That makes you able to resurrect yourself when you die and go to like some magical place where there's a little doll who will talk to you and help you level up. And, um, you're, which took me, I, I'm, I feel like such a, like a moron that it probably <laughs> took me like six hours to figure out how to level up. Oh yeah, because they don't tell you. No, because I thought the 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 souls you get like when you kill mm -hmm. dudes, I thought that was currency to be used right. to like buy items. So I'm like buying you know health potions and fucking stones and all sorts of shit. And I'm like, how do I level up in this game? Like I've killed oh, six million things, and finally I had enough um you know souls or whatever to go and talk to the doll, and she's like, yeah, just press right on the fucking D pad. <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> well shit, <laughs> like. <laughs> Thanks yeah, for the heads tough. up, game. Yeah, that's tough because you know you you you're killing enemies and you get a set number of souls per each kill in whatever area, and it totally accumulates exactly like currency. So it looks like you're making a lot of money, and but you, there's no like XP counter or anything like that. So you don't actually know what you're doing, or even if leveling's a thing. Yeah, for sure. And then even like when you do level, you're like, is this? really making a difference like i feel cooler like you know and the, yeah one of the one of the things i found to be kind of fascinating is like you know most games you'll have to do something like finish a quest or something to like find you know an item or like a piece of armor or whatever this it'll just be like lying in a fucking corner like randomly in the middle of fucking nowhere like there'll be a badass item and you're like what the fuck was that just laying there for like there's no rhyme or reason really to where a lot of stuff is i've discovered like yeah, I found like a full hidden. suit, a full suit of armor, like in the sewers, just like over in the corner someplace. And I was and like, that's one of the best armors in the game. And you get it right at the beginning. See, that's awesome. I'm into that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's cool. I mean, it's just like a piece of armor on the ground guarded by a horrible monster. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. So, I mean, I think part of this game is it's sort of flipping your expectations. Whereas, you know, like a regular game, maybe you get the strategy guide um, and you get people to help you out, maybe not, but you can get through it on your own. And I think these games are supposed to be community efforts because there's stuff going on in the games that there's no way for you to figure out on your own. You have to talk to someone else to know what's going on. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and like the souls games, you can, um, you can kind of see 
the spirits of uh, players that have come before you and some of the mistakes that they've made. So you'll actually see like a red silhouetted player um, dying in a certain corner or something. And it'll give you an indication that there are, you know, some maybe some some bad things around that corner and the players will leave notes for each other. And most of the times I've discovered notes are really helpful. They'll be like, hey, look out Super like for helpful, yeah, like wolves around the corner or whatever. So um, it is neat. That is a really neat mechanic. And uh, I, I think it is one that I was really apprehensive to use at first because I just expected I expected to turn it on and then they're just to be like, you know, dick jokes every five minutes. Right, but I haven't nonsense. Right. But I haven't found any, to be honest. Like, oh, I found a really good, a really good dick joke the other day. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like you walk up to a cliff that has a really tight corner and it says um, oil is effective here. So uh, I get it. <laughs> I get it. That's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty. Yeah. Um, but yeah, go ahead. No, but the the note system is really fantastic because you can get these sort of like weird esoteric hints as to what's coming or what to be prepared for or a tactic you should employ. And then you can leave your own notes and people will vote on whether your note was helpful or not. And then you get to know whether you helped someone. So you feel prideful. I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, Also, really quick, the the basic mechanic of the game is, uh, you know, there's there's two different triggers and you can equip an offhand weapon and a main hand weapon and you can switch those out. Um, You can basically carry a couple of each and switch them out on the fly. And also a lot of the weapons are are transformable. So, for instance, you can carry like a cane that that can look like a cane, but if you flip the switch, it'll turn into like a razor whip. And so each weapon has um, a variety of different attacks for different purposes and different enemy types. So like there'll be an enemy with a shield and you'll know that if you want to break through the shield, you'll have to use like a really charged attack with a certain version of your weapon. And you'll be constantly juggling, you know, different weapons and then also transforming your weapon to to battle different enemy types, um, you know, all kind of on the fly and seamlessly. So it is really cool. There's a lot of technique to it. And so when you first start the game, you'll just be button mashing, but. You'll, mm-hmm. you'll soon discover that your stamina disappears and you die very, very quickly. But then yeah, you learn to not... kind of finesse it. It gets a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a um, it's not like an Uncharted game where you can just go up and like pound the button and then win. There's a lot of of tactics. Right. Absolutely. To how to play the game. Yeah. So, I mean, all in all, like, uh, you know, I don't really know. Like, like you said, the plot's a little dicey. I don't really know what's going on definitely has a really really like dark gothic aesthetic to it like a lot of the characters you talk to and encountered like talk in these like you know almost bane like mumbles everyone's just like, <laughs> you're just like yeah what the, fuck, what the fuck are you talking about but um you know the, the music what little music there is is pretty cool um graphics are, are really nice and you know it, it wasn't something i was expecting to enjoy as much as i do but i'm really looking forward to the weekend so i can spend some more time with it and I'm at the second boss now. There's like this this other hunter who's uh, afflicted mm. in the woods, and I'm, I'm gonna... Father Gascon. Yes, that son of a bitch. Oh man, dude! Do you, have, do you have any tips for him? I got him down to werewolf form. My tip is to um, buy the resonant bell and summon someone to come help you, <sighs> or summon me, and I'll come help you. you. I can summon you. Yeah, you're on the PS4. I'm on the PS4. It's a PS4 exclusive. I didn't know I could summon you. Oh, yeah, totally. So it's doesn't work super well. The multiplayer, <laughs> I got to say, is a little janky. But when it does work, it's a lot of fun. So I can summon other players into boss fights. Yes. 
That is pretty sweet. You can, I mean, you can summon people to run levels with you if you want. That's cool. Yeah. I'll have to do that. That sounds, I think I actually have some bells all, all saved up. Yeah. I mean, for me, I think this is going to be my game of the year unless wow. the Witcher 3 blows me out of the water, but I'm feeling you, really you, positive about it. I was going to say, I was going to say Dragon Age came out, but that was last year. So. Yeah. So, so far, so, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty damn good. I'll, I'll give it, I'll give it to Bloodborne. So, so listeners, if you're looking for something very different um, and uh, you don't mind a little frustration in the beginning, I uh, definitely say pick up Bloodborne. It's pretty fucking cool. Yeah, seriously. I want to encourage everyone who doesn't play this type of game, who doesn't like really challenging games, to give it a shot. If you feel like you're stuck, seriously, get in touch with me on Twitter and I will help you. I will do anything to get people to like this game. I think you playing is one of the reasons why I ended up actually um, picking it up. Other than oh, that like, makes me so happy. Other than like the 10 people at work who are playing it. Um, I remember you saying that you played and you liked it. and I, I kind of see you as a logical person. Like, I don't think you would play something that's like, you know, unreasonably difficult. You know, I I don't mind challenging like it's not to the point where it's unreasonably difficult. Like it's not hard because of the mechanics. You know, it's not broken. It's hard because it's supposed to be hard, you know. (laughs) So, yeah. yeah. So pick it up, guys. Let's do the Naquato. The Naquato! Our question this week was uh, sort of, when I saw the Joss Whedon stuff, I was like, I want to see what other people have to say. But have you ever quit social media or quit a social media platform due to others' comments? So, um, you know, it's something that a lot of people kind of uh, go through on occasion. And I was curious to see what our readers slash listeners have... uh, kind of gone through themselves so the first answer is from uh, Elizabeth who's Alyssa she says I I definitely found myself less and less interested in engaging with fandoms over time even nice people get intense that is so true true that's absolutely true yeah fandoms Uh, can be fucking scary yeah yeah I'm sure just a lot of the intensity of emotion and thought I think yeah when you've when you've put a a lot of time and effort into something sometimes you get uh, defensive and passionate over it, I guess. For sure. Is the way to politically put that correctly. <laughs> it's diplomatic, Matt. Uh, thank you. Uh, Andrew Baker at A Baker N7 says, absolutely, hockey is big in Canada. Really? Never heard. And I quite quit <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> and I quit Facebook over getting dog piled on over a hockey post responding. Oh, hockey yeah. post responding only made it. You know what's what's funny about Facebook is there are many times where I go on there and actually reply to people's like asinine political rants. And then I instantly oh delete them before I, Do you really? I, oh, I delete them yeah. every single time. I haven't replied to one in years, but I'll get on there and be like, what is your fucking problem? And be like, no, because it's not worth it. It's not worth it to engage at all. You know? Well, relatively like rarely are you going to engage on Facebook. If somebody's ranting really like has some like crazy belief or, or serious belief that they have, and you're gonna like respond in a, in a uh, oppositional way. Is that the right word? Oppositional. Uh, yeah. 
like that is never going to play out on Facebook in any sort of like sense, yeah. like senseful, like, Oh, we're, we're going to really talk about this. I don't, it rarely happens at least. So it's the same as like graffiti artists, like tagging on each other's shit. Like there's, <laughs> no, no, there's no, there's no end to that. It's just like going back and forth, you know? Yeah. It's just not worth the time ultimately. So, um, Colin D at Colin Drimmy. Not yet. I think developing a thick skin is necessary for anyone on the internet nowadays, unfortunately. I'm going to take issue with that, Colin. I disagree. Really? I kind of agree and disagree. Like, there's a certain level, like, you know, one of the things I do for a job now is, is you know, manage forums and talk to people. And there has to be a certain level of uh, you have to be tolerant and patient with the other humans, I think, in life and on the internet. But there are certain things that are absolutely unacceptable, right? And you don't, you yeah. don't have to, you know, yeah. thick skin or not thick skin. If someone's an a-hole, someone's an a-hole. So, you know, th- the thing that's wonderful about social media nowadays, and I, unfortunately I've had to do this with a lot of my, my Facebook friends, is hide comment and, like, not see shit that you, people post anymore yeah. is wonderful. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, Being able to filter is really nice. Right. Like, you know, maybe unlock them in a couple years when they, they figure out that what they're saying is bullshit, you know. That's fine. I don't want to delete you from my life, but I don't want to hear what you have to say either. So, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I I sort of agree as well that the thick skin part of it to me just means that like people are not being decent people, and at which point do you just go like, eh, I don't need a thick skin. I just don't need that person, you know, digitally in my life at the moment. Right. Yeah. Well, that that's how I feel about it. It's not like you need to let people yell at you and develop a thick skin. It's like. I don't want to listen to your nonsense. So I, instead of listening to you yell at me, I'm just going to block you. Although right. at the moment we're sort of beating up on Colin D guys. I'm sorry, Colin. <laughs> you seem like a nice dude. <laughs> Absolutely. So the next one is from uh, Chris Jenkins. Who's at Clawlip. Clawlip. Hey buddy. He says, um, no, but considering the vitriolic rant fest that many of us uh, use it as I consider leaving Facebook with fair regularity. Yeah, Facebook is one that I I consider leaving quite a lot, but you know my parents are on there and they talk yeah, to me. They use it. Man. They use it like um like like text messages. I'll be like, <laughs> I'll be like driving to work and my mom will be like Facebook messaging me about something. I'll be like, why don't you Aww. just text me? Like, what are you doing? So yeah. can't get rid of that. Family. I get pictures of my niece on Facebook, man, and my nephew. So yeah, the thing. Uh, Ash, do you have an answer for this? Uh. One that you can say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, there are a lot of times where, where social media will um, will anger me, but I have developed kind of, you know, kind of a, a thicker skin, not not because I wanted to, but because you, you see so much horrible stuff and you have to deal with so much horrible stuff. Eventually you get desensitized. You know, what What I do like to say is like I I taught for like six and a half years, high schoolers. And there's nothing (laughs) anybody could say to me on the internet that people have not probably said to my face, like in in a room full of people. So it's like, you know, you develop quite a thick skin uh, being being an educator. So uh, so, yeah, I think, unfortunately, uh, you know, social media can be can be pretty brutal. Um, The story I will tell very, very quickly is uh I did get a little turned off like I don't know maybe four or five months ago I made like a joke about a about a fictional character uh on on social media I think I was joking with Kate um 
And somebody fired back at me and told me to fuck off because I was like joking about a fictional character. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, holy shit. Like I made a joke about someone who's not real. And it wasn't even a bad joke. Like there was no profanity. There was nothing. I just was basically making a joke about that character's character. Right. Like how that character carried themselves. Right. And the individual told me to go fuck myself because I was like commenting on that character's character. And I was like, okay, like fandom can be a little fucking intense so i just i kind of i kind of stopped talking about it on social media so you won't you won't see me talking too much about (laughs) fictional characters too much anymore that's rough i totally get that though there is a a pretty particular uh video game fandom that i won't mention that i no longer really participate in anymore just because the shenanigans are too much man yeah too much uh, that, that dead or alive, uh, dead or alive, yeah, dead or alive community. community. I'm real crazy. Deep in that dead or alive, dead or alive beach volleyball community you were a part yeah. of was pretty intense. <laughs> that was a real thing, guys. Like that was an actual thing in video game history. Was it, dead or alive beach ball yeah. or was volleyball beach whatever? Yeah. Uh, Desert Hooker says Facebook. The vitriol got too high. Now I have a tiny account with only close friends on it. And I think that's the way to go. I think it was the original intention of Facebook. And I think it's totally fine that you do that. Like you don't have to have a thousand people on Facebook. You can just have your friends and family and that's it. That's your little community online. Yep. Justin Banks, Midtown 583. Nope. That's why I hardly do multiplayer with strangers. Easier to play single player campaigns. I'm with him. Yeah. Me too, unfortunately. Yep. Um, Owl Fruit Potion, who's at Owl Fruit Potion. That's a great fucking name, by the way. <laughs> Thank you for writing us, Owl Fruit Potion. Says I like, uh, not... the, I like the the picture too. It, yeah, it's like an old like um, how to guide with like a strange hand. I'm into <laughs> it. Um, not yet, but if not for forum ignore lists and uh, tag backlisters like Tumblr Savior and Larry Filter, I'd have to quit them all. Yeah. So if you, I think if you're an avid like Tumblr. Um, you know, Reddit type person, you probably see a lot of nasty stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nat at Stumpy Nat. Hello. Says, not yet. I do use my block button liberally, though. (laughs) (laughs) Smart. Very smart. Uh, Emily at Emily M says yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. (laughs) She did not feel like she needed to go into detail, which is acceptable. So thank you, Emily. Um, I know her. That's why we put her in there. <laughs> uh, Starcaller Katie. Uh, oh, Katie on uh, Twitter. Hey, Katie. She says, no, but I avoid forums due to the ridiculous nature of assholes on them. I also stick to a few choice subreddits. So she's brave. You've been going on Reddit. I don't really go, oh, on, Reddit. go on Reddit. No, Katie is right. There are some really great small subreddits. Yeah. Not yeah. to show, show them to me. The, um, the Dragon Age and Mass Effect ones in particular are astonishingly wonderful. Oh, good. Yeah. Send me that stuff. Uh, Kate, do you have a feeling? Do you have an answer for this? Have you given up a social network? Oh, I already told you. You did? I gave up my fandom, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball. Dead or Alive Beach Volleyball. (laughs) No, it was was your Water water World fandom, wasn't it? Oh, Oh, was it? (laughs) Did you quit Water World? I had to. No more jet skis for me. Oh, man. Dennis Hopper. That really good, you guys. I heard you have a Den- Dennis Hopper uh, back piece. <laughs> oh my god! If only <laughs> she oh, has maybe. a she has the fake uh, rat tail uh, that she hangs on her wall. <laughs> oh god! 
Um, I'll say mine uh, really quick because I have two that I think have I told these stories of Dude, my you told everything It's 201 episodes. Even... It's all right. Tell it again. My uh, so there were two times on Twitter where I caused my own shitstorm to happen and I, I eventually left Twitter immediately after that. Didn't you get in a fight with Alton Brown? <laughs> I got in a fight. Oh my with... God. Did you really? I got in a fight with Alton Brown. That is one <laughs> thing that happened. And I got a f- in a fight with Jen Kirkman, the comedian that also <laughs> happened. Alton Brown. What happened? So the first one, I'll tell the first one was Jen Kirkman. It was late at night. I was when I'd first moved to New York. And to be dead honest, I was in a shitty mood. Like it was my fault. But to be fair, she posted this like she's a comedian. She works for Chelsea lately. She did this like fake I'm on an airplane with Joe Biden Twitter bit, I guess. I don't know what you'd call it, but she was telling us a fake story about how she was on an airplane with Joe Biden and that he thought that she was like, should I send him a drink or something? And then you know, it was all fake, but everybody's re- she's retweeting everybody that's responding to her. So it was just like this flood on my Twitter all of a sudden. Oh. And it was all like everybody believed her. Like everybody was like, is this real? You're not you're giving up Joe Biden's location and all this other <laughs> ridiculousness that was coming out of the, the Internet. And she said something. I, the, I think the thing she said is, oh, he just told the stewardess to tell me that he's a fan of Chelsea lately. And then when the when the flood of is this real you're you know you're you shouldn't be tweeting about the vice president got too big she said guys come on seriously like obviously it's not real he's not like on a you know delta flight <laughs> with me to new york or whatever and i may have tweeted back i knew it wasn't real when you said he liked chelsea lately <laughs> <laughs> which to be fair anyone i've told says that's pretty funny it's, it's pretty not funny. bad but i get it also that i'm just some random dude on the internet she doesn't know who i like we don't have a rapport so like if i was friends with her she'd probably be like ah that's funny good one you know whatever yeah. problem is you didn't put a winky face that would have saved you man so she, <laughs> she lost it and like i don't know if i was just i hit it at the wrong time i have no idea but she went off on me for like 30 tweets Started saying that I was a woman hater. She started going into my my Twitter pro- profile and like, she made fun of nerd appropriate for like a minute. She called me a nerdy woman hater who like lives in my base my parents' basement and like it was all this like stuff that she was just making up about me. And when she said I was a woman hater, I literally tweeted back. I said, "Oh cool, I'm a woman hater. I'm gonna go to bed for the night. Like this is I'm I'm done. I don't know what we're talking about anymore." Yeah. And she delete she blocked me, which is fine. I blocked. I ended up blocking her too. But she deleted the entire rant because everybody joined my side and started going like whoa he didn't make like he didn't call you anything he made like a joke about your show you're on and that's it and she deleted the whole thing and i took a break from twitter for a little while fast forward not too long a few months (laughs) later alton brown was on same kind of thing i was working at bloomberg i hated my job i was just at work on twitter just bored out of my skull and he did he was doing his run of like not tweeting things but taking pictures of stuff do you remember this anybody write stuff on a post-it note and like you know take pictures of the post he wrote like a link on a post-it note and posted a picture of it and it made me want to punch him because i was like i get it you're posting pictures it's cute alton brown whatever and i'm a gigantic alton brown fan i've watched every episode of good eats i watched uh his his feasting on asphalt episodes like I've got books of his like I really do enjoy him as a culinary person and uh, I tweeted back man I can't wait till Brown figures out how Twitter works and I don't know if I added him I don't think I did but I must have because he found my tweet and to be fair what he did was amazing he 
he he <laughs> wrote back and said, "Oh yeah, um, let's see how exciting your life has been." And then went through my tweet history and started retweeting my tweet and then putting a comment above whatever I tweeted. And a lot of it was like four square check-ins and bullshitty things. And he was oh, like, no. "Oh, you eat barbecue? How fucking interesting!" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh God!" <laughs> and like people were like, you know, it was it became like the Alton Brown slays Twitter user or something. Like other people were responding, and, and I I wrote him and I said, you know, touche, very fine point. You know, I'm sorry I was being an asshole and i think he he didn't block me or anything like that he just was like yeah t- whatever you know shit happens kind of thing and moved on so yes i had a fight with alton brown and i left twitter borderline completely for like a year after that because i just was like wow. clearly my attitude is the wrong one here i've gotten in two <laughs> celebrity fights now maybe i should just take a break from the social media that's, I, I, like, I remember annoying. i remember when all that was happening i like i, I came home and checked twitter I was like matt what the fuck are you doing <laughs> I'm like, we're trying to start this, like, this new, it was like that time, like, this new site where we, like, you know, talk about fun stuff and we talk to, you know, famous people and, like, Matt's getting in fights with famous people. <laughs> to be fair, you know, what I said both times wasn't wrong. So uh, They were both funny. They were both, I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> Those are my Twitter stories, everybody. Hope you enjoyed them. That's why I don't tweet a lot anymore. <laughs> Rare I love occasion. that your takeaway was not I should stop following celebrities. It was I'm going to quit Twitter. No, I actually unfollowed a ton of celebrities too. Um, I like tr- I I cleaned that out a lot uh, just because I was like, if it's annoying me, I shouldn't like. The point isn't that I should react to it. I should just unfollow the person that's annoying me. It's <laughs> it's psychotic to think that I should they should change the way they're tweeting to make like me happy. <laughs> like I was like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I know. Person think no there's there's someone I, we've been following on the nerd appropriate um twitter and you guys can there's 600 people that we follow so that i've been following since like the very beginning on there that i hate every time they tweet but they they <laughs> i just can't stand it but i can't it's like a car accident i have to leave it up there because it's just so unbelievably douchey that i'm just like i gotta see what's next <laughs> <laughs> it's like your hate following oh twitter. it is it is totally yeah, one day, I, one day they'll cross the line. Are you I get that. Oh, you get it. No, I, just, I get it. That's yeah. what we, Kate's referring to us. Yes. <laughs> no, crazy. you guys are the best. I don't know how you read all of our twitters. Like it's there's way too many coming incoming on our Twitter feed for yeah, me to follow. I don't. Read Although we did clean it out a while ago, didn't we? Like we used to be following more, and I think we unfollowed some. Uh, so Amanda, more. Amanda T at Fluid Fire says definitely changed my habits. I get quiet. I agree with Ritzy Fox that I stay away from some forums because of it. Yes. And okay, you read the last one. Sure. Ritzy at Ritzy Fox. The toxicity of some forums has driven me off before I have even made an account. Yes. Yeah. And that's not uh, dumb to check out the forum before or the, uh, you know, the area before you. Yeah. yeah, man. Forums can be dangerous, especially if you use the same um, handle everywhere. Yeah. That's true. People can find you. That's correct. Scary business. Well, guys, yep. uh, thank you. That's it. Tuning in to episode 201 of the Rated NA podcast. Big thanks to Kate Dollarhide for coming in and subbing for Scott, who's uh, oh. wipe, wiping up some doo doo. Yeah. <laughs> Baby thanks poo. for having me, guys. Yeah. Of course. It was fun. Lots of good talks. Uh, you guys can follow us on Twitter. And that is at Nerd Appropriate on Twitter. You can uh, follow us uh, or go to our Facebook page, and that's slash Nerd Appropriate on Facebook. Email us directly, and that is Matt, Scott, and Ash, NerdAppropriate.com. 
Uh, Kate, what is your Twitter handle for them to follow? I am at Kate D on Twitter. That is K-E-I-G-H-T-D-E-E. And if you haven't, you should go on iTunes and leave a review of Nerd Appropriate because they're the best. Oh, thank you. Yeah, do that. (laughs) We like those reviews. We do. They help. We appreciate them. And uh, we will be back next week with some stuff. So uh, see you then. See you next week. actually leaving the podcast on our on our motorcycle <laughs> i almost stopped recording before that happens so. i'm so glad you got that <laughs> oh, uh, you get some huaddle chips or however you say that i have those no chill nope huaddle and then and then uh and then you lay down a little bed of meat a little meat of your choosing i have uh i have some uh some turkey breast <laughs> probably not turkey breast you might want to go with the classic chicken steak or and or ground beef okay. i went with ground beef perhaps actually it's actually it's a chorizo would be wonderful <laughs> it's actually fake ground beef we found the magic fake ground beef that actually tastes and looks and acts like ground beef it's kind of amazing oh. and then a little a little refried bean if you so choose or black bean if that is your favor and then uh, a little onion a little onion I think I say onion, like with an like, a, like as a if G, it has there's a G, G in there. Like yeah, onion. Onion. They should be called onions. Some some jalapeno. <laughs> These accents are just getting more bizarre. <laughs> like, are you a Klingon? Like, what is this? Some tomato. <laughs> a little cheddar cheese. You throw that in the toaster oven for like ten minutes. Not probably not even that long. Maybe five to ten minutes at like three fifty. Pull it out, and the key is you put it on foil ahead of time, and then you just slide that right onto your plate, and then you put a little cilantro, a little yeah, sour, a little sour fancy. cream, and some Georgia peach hot sauce from from Tijuana Tijuana Flats. Nice. <laughs> what about and, uh, the guacamole? Oh, I, there's doing? no guacamole. So the thing with guacamole is you got to make it. It's there's a lot more effort. Now, if you've got the avocados, let's be serious, make some guacamole, but. Or as my people say, guacamole. <laughs> <laughs> is that 
Did I put enough time between the Scott Poop talk and the Loot Crate ad to do it now? I think you can. I think you can do it.